Welcome into another edition of the Commitment Issues Podcast. I'm Woody Womack, joined from uh, lovely Miami by Rob Cassidy. Rob, how's it going? I'm here. I'm back. Hope you guys had fun without me last week. It sounded like you did, according to uh, Corey Gibson, who kind of filled me in on some of the some of the jokes that were made. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, there's no way you listened to it. So uh, no, no, Gibson. I was at the camp in Ohio this weekend in Columbus, and he greeted me with. Uh, some of the isolated audio. <laughs> hey, I'm walking here. We have played that over and over again, which is from Rick and Morty, which you guys should be watching. If you haven't watched Rick and Morty, I'm telling you, I know you don't like cartoons, Rob, but uh, uh, very, very entertaining. So we are without, we are sans Krug City, which means we are sans excellent production value this week because Nick is uh, out hitting schools, which is what you should be doing. Rob, why are you out hitting schools right now? Yeah, you know, I should. I should be bursting through the high school doors and talking to janitors, but instead I'm here talking to you. Yeah, we should have had Nick get, grab a couple janitors for us for the podcast. Well, you know, as any self-serving reporter would do, I hope he's talking to the janitors. I would never dream of going to school without interviewing a janitor on the way out. Yeah, get some carries. I could love it. That'd be a great rankings article. Why did this kid drop from a five-star? Well... <laughs> Well, I, no. What would be great is to have the janitor break down the kid's character and just do like a real straight up write up of it, like you know, in his words, in the in Mister Mulvaney's words, and let him just kind of break down the things he sees between second and third period in the hallways. <laughs> All right. So we want to remind everybody: tell a friend. If you want to reach us, you can find us on Twitter uh, at Rivals Podcast. Rob is at Cassidy underscore Rob. I'm at Rivals Woody, and you could send us an email: Rivals Podcast at yahoo.com Please tell a friend. Leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, big help to keep the numbers up. Especially, boy, we are uh, you know we're we're failing Rivals Podcast right now. Is this time of year? Not a lot to talk about, as you'll find out when we start talking here. So, uh, anything you guys want us to talk about, please uh, send our way. So, let's jump right into it with what else? More Josh Rosen talk. This is now the Josh Rosen podcast, uh, presented by uh, Casper Mattresses. <laughs> I was trying to think of a podcast sponsor. I hear a lot. Um, so. Andy's. Yeah, me, Andy. So, so this week, uh, we, we missed last week, but I really wanted to talk to you about the volleyball coach, Rob. This, nobody gets madder than you about uh, stuff like that. So we missed it. But this week, our boy, Albert Breer, who works for uh, MMQB, senior NFL reporter. You know, when can we get senior reporter? It seems like everyone's a senior reporter. these. Days. I had the tag at my last job. Yeah. But I gave it up when I got this job. Yeah, come on, seniors rule. We, need, we definitely need that. So, in in this story, and this is, I'm I'm. I wrote this in the Twitter Tuesday column, which you can read. I am so sick of these stupid unnamed football people just saying stupid things and rumors, and just being. And I put some of it on the reporters. You you at some point you have to say. Look, if you want me to say that, you got to put your name on it, you know. And of course, they're going to say no. But then I guess the problem is one of your competitions probably going to do it. But so, here, so this week in unnamed stupid stories, um, here's what our boy Albert says. On Wednesday, I asked someone with a team that had been linked to Josh Rosen over the last few weeks if the interest there had been genuine. And I found out that in that club's war room, a certain quote was raised that stuck with everyone. You know the former Princeton coach, Pete Carrill, this person said? The saying he had was, don't ever recruit a kid with a three-car garage and a long driveway. (laughs) 
I don't know. And then we go back to Albert. I don't know if Rosen had either of those things growing up in Manhattan Beach, California. The geography of that town would suggest he probably didn't. But the point was made, and it's been made over and over again by coaches and scouts in the lead up to last Thursday. He's spoiled and entitled and not made for pro football life. So, okay. And I don't want to go over the same stuff that I we go over every time there's some stupid thing like this. But first of all, that was a quote from a coach at Princeton? How many dudes on the Princeton football team do you think come from money? Well, Pete Carroll is a basketball they, coach, but okay, still. They offer full-ride scholarships in the Ivy League? Uh, no, no, they don't. That's the thing. They don't even have athletic scholarships. So this guy's not recruiting anyone. Right. Interesting. <laughs> I, I just – listen. I And there's a video. Professor Pete Carroll, the three-car garage, three garages and more, which I wish we could – which we could uh, pull that in. He said, Kirill was fond of, this is from time, it looks like. Kirill was fond of kids from a blue-collar family. So he always feared players from suburban homes with three-car garages would be too pampered. Okay, to- let me say what this is just right now. The subtext of that statement is don't recruit kids that have other options besides giving themselves CTE to further your career. That's what that means. Well, our boy Pete was, as I said, was a basketball coach. But your point, your point, you know, is is fine, is valid, and that's what I wrote. You know, the problem, the the, the great thing about sports is it's the ultimate meritocracy. So if Josh Rosen is not good at football, he's not going to play football, right? Yep. I mean, it, it just because his family can't buy influence doesn't matter if he's grandfather was a senator or whatever he, he's not going to keep him on the football team because if he's not good especially a quarterback they're going to show him the door so I, it's just weird it, it's definitely like a, it's definitely a and, and i think I, as a, another article came up saying that bill simmons said this felt kind of like a smear campaign from some of these other teams i felt like it does too and one theory i'd heard floated was well these teams are worried that he is going to be good and they're trying to just get these excuses on record now uh, that way, well, here's, if they're still worried that he is going to be good, why didn't they just draft him? I don't know. They're t- too worried about you know his garage. <laughs> oh, well. It's just, I, I, and I've heard some other people say some other things, you know, r- relating to, to to different things that, that this is definitely stereotyping, and it's 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 obviously a different type than we we're used to hearing, but it's getting it's getting old real fast, and that's where we head to the second part of our uh, thing here with uh, our girl, Mina Kimes, who, who, Oh, by the way, Jeff Schwartz, who played the NFL for a long time. Hey, his brother plays now, I believe for the chiefs tweeted, according to this source, my kids aren't recruitable or draftable. And I was barely either. And he puts the, and this is an offensive lineman quoting saying that basically he almost fit the three car garage. Maybe you had a two car garage, two cars, two car garage. You're fine. Right. What if it's like one of those two and then one that's detached from the garage? Like, you know how like some families will have like the two car garage and then there's like one that they built aftermarket. Uh, that I think that's okay. I think it's got to be all together. Now I have, 
I have a one car garage, which I can't even fit my car in. So, what, what if it's a three car garage, but they live in one of the garages because they're so poor they can't afford an actual house? So is that offsetting? I don't know. I tried to convince my mom into moving into her garage uh, and renting out the house to offset costs, but she wasn't into that plan either. So, um, all right, moving on. So, uh, our girl Mina, who is uh, also a senior writer, who would have thought <laughs> for ESPN the magazine, uh, she says, "My favorite defense of Josh Allen is that Buffalo is the planet Hoth." Which I don't know—is that a Star Wars reference or something? I have no idea. Look it up. It sounds Hoth. I got it. Okay. Oh, it's Hoth spelled H-O-T-H. Yep, it's up. It's the sixth planet in the remote system by the same name. It's the site of the Rebel Alliance's Echo Base. Yeah. And it's a world of snow and ice surrounded by numerous moons. So I guess what she's saying is it's cold and crappy. Okay. All right. So this is the uh, – This is. let me make sure this is her article or someone else's article that she quoted here. This is from uh, Mike Sando, which is an insider article. She puts a screenshot here. That is where Buffalo bet its future on Wyoming quarterback Josh Allen. It's a cold, it's a cold weather quarterback who is big and strong, not frail and little in a cold weather city where it's windy. And exec said, you're going to have to throw it through the wind and he can do those things. Good job for that. He is aw shucks, likes football, makes his team visits with sweatpants and tennis shoes. Perfect for Buffalo. They don't need Baker Mayfield in effing designer clothes. Okay. They need Jim Kelly. So they, the defense is that he's a slob? Uh, yeah, the defense is that yeah, – Okay, I can actually understand having arm strength to throw through the wind. And Josh Allen does have that. He's got a very strong arm. If he would have just shut up there, I would have maybe been like, okay. But I don't – you know, I sweatpants. I, I, I got nothing else to say. Wait, wait, wait. So listen, listen. We got a funny – we have very funny uh, tweet response, including – from my boy Jeff Weiner, who used to be was actually an intern at uh, the Naples Daily News when I worked there, who once invited him over to watch uh, the Orlando Magic play in the playoffs, and he declined. So uh, thanks for that, Jeff. Uh, now Jeff is a very good reporter in Orlando. So anyway, he, he starts a thread. Requirements for quarterbacking in Buffalo. One, is large. Two, folksy. Three, dresses badly, especially when meeting potential employers. <laughs> Four. Oh, here, oh, there's we, more. We got we got a long list here. Four. Wind resistant. Five. <laughs> football liker. Okay, so so uh, so that started the thread. Now that was responded to by uh, by some guy uh, Edward Gorlick, who says six can name all the members of Credence Clearwater Revival. <laughs> Seven has as a homemade chili recipe. Eight dreams about chopping wood. Nine combines with four other quarterbacks to turn into Voltron. Uh, ten has an Alienware g- gaming laptop, <laughs> and, then, and, and then Jeff Jeff comes back in and says, Eleven cuts his own hair with a knife." Uh, <laughs> Twelve mattress on floor, no top sheet. Thirteen Applebee's on special occasions. 14, feels strongly that Keystone is better than Coors. And 15, favorite movie, Boondock Saints. Where have we gotten the idea that Baker Mayfield wears designer clothes? Is that a thing that he does? <laughs> I don't know. 
Or did we just decide that? Like, I, I've never seen Baker Mayfield rolling a Gucci. <laughs> oh, it's just funny because they need Jim Kelly. Hey, do you remember where Jim Kelly went to college, Rob? Where is he from? Miami. He went uh, to Miami. <laughs> the stupidest quote ever, anonymous exec. I don't know if it's the stupidest quote ever. We've heard some really good ones. I'm just so tired of these uh, – putting these uh, – like imagine if we did this about recruits. How soon would it take us to get fired? Well, I mean I guess they're not really separated by that many years, but you know, it's the difference between high school kids. Some of them are two years apart. Aspects. Yeah, but nobody's giving them millions of dollars, you know, although they should be. In fact, nobody's giving them any money. <laughs> it's just – you know, and then somebody <laughs> – Mina responded saying saying that she was surprised that, you know, given Josh Rosen's affinity for hot tubs, you think he'd also be drawn to cold weather. How did scouts miss that? So uh, it's just funny. I mean, anyone with a brain, uh, anyone with a brain, in my opinion, could see that this stuff is just – it's just made up and it's fake stuff. And honestly, how soon do you think we are, Rob, away to getting away from this to where you have all these people who actually use, you know, metrics and analytics and actual data rather than hunches and weird football things. I hope I, so. I think, I think we're we do a pretty good job of trying to shame them out of it every year. Um, but as long as there's some old guy willing to say it, there's definitely always a reporter willing to report it for the clicks, right? Uh, and even the reporters that report it, they like to kind of hedge, right? So they they will parrot back that stuff, but they will make sure in there somewhere it's or in the tweet it says, you know, of course I don't agree with this. It's crazy, but this is a thing somebody told somebody. Well, look, so they're reporting wants to stake their name to this insanity, you know. Right. I'm not saying exactly. Well, obviously the, they got these quotes from people because yeah. people say stupid, people say stupid stuff to me. All, I mean, how many times have you had somebody tell you that, you know, some kid is the best. I mean, imagine if we quoted anonymous high school football coaches about other players, not a dog. Yeah. Not a dog. <laughs> That's the number one requirement in being bad is he just doesn't have that dog in him. Um, so anyway, it's just, it's stupid. I enjoyed, uh, and I enjoyed Mina, uh, making fun of it. So uh, anyway, big shout to her. Now, moving on to actual recruiting news, as we keep saying, we're going to stop talking about the draft, but these stupid stories keep popping up every week. So what can we do, right? Yeah, you're going to have something too, man. It's doldrums, right? I mean, it's either this or talking about the Washington Capitals or LeBron James or something. Yeah, oh, believe me, I talk plenty about uh, LeBron. Uh, so anyway, moving on. Oregon gets a quarterback commit this weekend, and it surprised many. They were mentioned with several high-ranked players, Grant Gannell, uh, I'm trying to think, Dwan Mathis, who's committed to, to Michigan State, recently went out there for the spring game. I saw him this weekend. I enjoyed him. I love him. He's one of my favorite players in the class. Uh, did he play wide receiver at all? Or no, he played quarterback. Him and the kid from Kansas were both very good. Yeah, there was I also some it. other giant dude that looked like a tackle that was also very good. That was also my player, Cameron Jones. Wow. Uh, so so uh, a who's who of, of quarterbacks there this weekend. So anyway, they take Cale Millen, who had been one time committed to Northwestern, decommitted about a week ago, uh, and then flipped or eventually committed to Oregon. I think the writing was on the wall there. And that's it for the Ducks. They got they have Michael Johnson Jr., whose dad is on the coaching staff and is in the Rivals 250 in their city in Eugene. And they basically said, ooh, ooh, wait a minute. I'm not going back to this. But how does it play if the quarterback is a coach's son, which is the greatest thing you can be, but also rich? 
Mm, I think that he's got a three car garage, but he's also a coach's son. So does that cancel out the garage situation? <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to ask an anonymous person before next week to, to give us an answer. Give us a ruling on that. Somebody just email us from an anonymous uh, email account. Let us know how that goes. Tell us which one is if that cancels each other out. So anyway, uh, so think about it. They, they've got a four. They've got a, one of the coaches. Their son is a four star, and they're saying we're taking Kale Millen, who's a low three star from Washington. Uh, I think whose dad I was also boy talk about having a garage. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no uh, kidding. I forgot that Kale Millen's Kale Millen's dad is. Uh, is it Matt Millen? No. Uh, let me. Uh, I'm trying to. I'll look it up while we're uh, while we're while we're t- while we're talking. How do I spell this man's name? I'm trying to pull up his profile. Um. Uh, C A L E. His son is a uh, former Washington and NFL quarterback, Hugh Mellon. Oh, I can't get a confirmed garage situation on that then. Well, our boy Hugh, though, let's see, Hugh, <laughs> Jesus, we are, we have derailed. <laughs> <laughs> Hugh Mellon, uh, let's see, a former professional quarterback in the National Football League from 1987 to 1996. That's a long career. That's a lot of garages. Yeah. Um, if he was smart with his money, he could have all the garages he wanted to have, you know? Yeah, exactly. So anyway, um, and and Kale came to our camp last year in uh, L.A. Actually, he came all the way down from Washington. I wrote an article on him on the time he had off from UCLA. So anyway, the Ducks pass on several people, and this could be this is a major domino. You have Jaden Daniels get offered by UCLA right after this, and that looks like a, a UCLA USC battle. You have Michael Johnson Jr., the aforementioned, who came out with a top seven, which. Jeez. And then he came out of the top seven. Then he said he's deciding next month. So I doubt he's going to be hitting all seven of those schools. Looks like Miami is the school to beat there. And I had told the Miami fans that that, that looked like this Millen kid was going to commit. Uh, but that's when I was under the impression that Oregon would take two quarterbacks. They're only going to take one. They're taking Millen. So this is a this is a trickle down effect. And you know, no more. There, there just aren't very many good quarterbacks in this class, right, Rob? I mean, we've. We've been traveling around the country. We've seen almost all of them. The two best that I've seen in person, and that does not mean they're the two best, are A, the kid committing to South Carolina, the Ryan Holinsky, and then B, the Wisconsin commit from Overland Park this weekend, who was just awesome. Um, I can't I remember his by him. Uh, Malik? What was his name? I, I can't remember. I'll look it up real quick. Uh Merck, Graham Graham Merck. Merck. Yeah, Graham, Graham Merck. That's it. Merck's. I'd Six never four, even heard of him before. Uh, apparently, we have him in the 250, but I don't really concern myself with that region of the country anymore. So when he came out there, I was very impressed. Yeah, and he was really good at the Army Combine uh, back in January as well. So he's he's a guy that I think should be in the discussion among the, the top quarterbacks. I just don't know if we have a – I don't think we have a five-star quarterback at this point, and I don't think we're going to have one after, after this uh, – next rankings either the way we're going right now yeah, Holinsky might be that guy <laughs> boy that would be something to to vault from three star to five star that would that would ruin a lot of conspiracy theories in columbia south carolina yeah. um, in terms of in terms of ranking so that's something to watch if you're a miami fan ucla usc uh something to watch and that kind of brings me to the pac-12 in general as i was looking over <laughs> rob did you know four teams in the pac-12 don't have one commitment at this point is UCLA one of those teams? Yes. <laughs> they don't care, man. I'm telling you. Talking to their staff and talking to kids, they're just like – he is – Chip Kelly is very much of the opinion of we'll take whoever we get and beat you. Uh, so the, he does not lack for confidence in the offense. <laughs> 
And this was what we saw from Harbaugh, too. I mean, I, somebody told me that before with Harbaugh when I was like, why are they, you know, an anonymous rivals analyst said, why are they taking this player? He's not very good. I don't know how many garages he has, but uh, <laughs> I talked to the volleyball coach at the school, didn't even know who he was. So, uh, and they said, Harbaugh thinks that he can take average level talent and win with it uh, because they can coach him up. So they don't have one. Arizona State does not have one. Man, that's a shock. Um, and who is the – I'm trying to think of who the, the other team I'm missing is. I might have written it down in a in a document here. But, I mean, it's crazy to think – oh, uh, let's see. Oregon, Oregon, Washington, Colorado have commits. Oh, Utah does not have a commitment. So uh, Oregon has six commits, Washington seven, Colorado six, Cal, Cal seven. And after that, I mean, Stanford has one, Arizona has one. Uh, nine of the 12 teams do not have a quarterback committed. Could, I mean, I don't think it's probably a coincidence that UCLA and Arizona State are both without. I mean, there could be a wait and see thing going on here with kids, right? Uh, even if Herm Edwards is the greatest football coach in the history of the world, I think there's probably some skepticism to kind of see where they go this year. Uh, and the same with UCLA. You know, say what you want about Chip Kelly. He's playing. That's probably a combination of him you know, biding his time and people wanting to see exactly where that program is. I mean, it wasn't exactly impressive uh, for the last couple of years under Jim Mora. Uh, I don't think anybody wants to commit to a major rebuild. So, uh, you know, maybe, maybe it's a kind of wait till fall situation. Yeah. But you know, Chip Kelly never had an issue recruiting quarterbacks. I mean, he had, think about the guys he had Johnny Manziel and Mariota committed at the same time. He was always – they were always involved. They were involved with uh, Terrell Pryor. Yeah, but you can I mean, sell that though. I mean, if this weekend in Ohio reaffirmed anything in my mind is that these kids don't know anything, anything at all. Like I thought, you know, Chip Kelly wasn't that long ago. They're probably familiar. But, you know, I was doing that survey. I did a survey on the Big Ten this weekend. And I asked a bunch of kids, you know, a bunch of questions about the Big Ten. One of those was who is going to win the Big Ten this year. And I get answers such as Georgia and Louisville. I got Syracuse is really going to surprise some people. I mean, this was in Ohio. It's not like I was doing this in Florida. And, and you know, it was well, – I walked away from that thinking, you know, I never thought the kids paid attention. But, man, more now than ever. It's like they really don't care. Yeah, it's <laughs> – it's very funny when they don't know what schools are even in the conference. Somewhere just got a shot. Yeah, they might. Yeah, they might win it. Hey, they might win the Big Ten if they <laughs> – uh, Sir? And these are like four and five-star players. These aren't like guys that don't have offers. Uh, so it's clear that they've like gone on recruiting visits and just not even paid attention to the other schools in the league. I just wonder, it seems like it's not just the Pac-12 teams. I mean, if you looked at the, the players committed out there, obviously we saw last year, they just kind of ignored the early signing period on the West Coast. What, I, I personally think that these schools out West have got to pick up the pace. We see Texas reaching out and getting commits in California now. Florida State's out there recruiting hard. These schools have got to stop being so, you know, laissez-faire. I remember a couple of years ago, I had a kid tell me, hey, I'm going out to UCLA for a visit in July. And then he texts me back a couple of days later and says, oh, sir, I'm not going to be able to make that UCLA visit. And I was like, oh, what happened? Too too hard to figure out the travel? He goes, no, all the coaches are on vacation the entire month of July. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, imagine that, you know, like I wish we could take a whole – I wish all of college football would take the whole month of July off, including us. But does it work that way? Yeah, maybe right? it's not the Pac-12 that needs to come around. Maybe it's the SEC and everybody else that needs to come around to the Pac-12 play of life. I would yeah. like nothing more than if we just didn't do anything in the summer because none of it matters, especially in Florida. I would like to – and I might do this. 
right now, just tag where the kids are committed. And then at the end, see what percentage of these kids signed with those schools. Yeah, well, guess what? The whole Pac-12, including our coworker Adam Gorney, living that must be life, must be nice life. Uh, <laughs> you know, taking vacations, things of that nature. So, all right, moving on. Uh, that wraps up our topics this week. We told you it's bare bones. It could be a short episode. Uh, it's time for tweet of the week, and boy, do I have some doozies this week, Rob Cassidy. Uh, even though we've already read several tweets on the show, it'd be like <laughs> one of these shows that just talks about our Twitter the whole time. Well, that's what else are we going to nothing Literally nothing is happening. It's, it's been, we need a, some kind of scandal and I'm not, you know, I don't want anybody to get hurt or anything, but if we could have like, I don't know, somebody accepting a car or something non-consequential, you know, in the grander scheme of things or like, I don't know, maybe some kind of, we need some kind of payment scandal. Well, so yeah, we, well, I don't think a plan. We just need Harbaugh to do something or something. Yeah, where's he been at? I think maybe it's because he didn't have a great year last year that he can't, you know, troll at his normal level or come out and, you know, provoke Nick Saban. Where's Kiffin been too? He hasn't done anything in a while. You know, I ran into uh, FAU quarterback DeAndre Johnson this morning at the gym and uh, went to dap him up. Of course, I uh, was covered in sweat and he was not trying to bro hug me. Uh, in that situation. Also, Emory Jones was in there. Uh, one of the Georgia backup quarterbacks, a walk-on guy who I didn't recognize was in there. And uh, I think Malik Willis, Auburn's backup quarterback, came in at some point. So Mr. Shut Up and Train doing it big this week. Quince- oh, by the way, friend of the show and pr- previous guest, Quincy Avery, was also in there watching, uh, just sitting there chilling. What do you mean watching? He wasn't working out. I was like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, my ankle's a little tender. I was like, you've got to be kidding. I said, look at me. You know, I'm drenched in sweat here, Quincy. So get with the program. Um, oh, our boy, while we're name dropping, our boy Mike Tomlin was at the Ohio campus weekend coaching people. I saw several <laughs> distant photos. Did anyone actually talk to him? He, I did not want to bug him because he was there with his kid. And, you know, when somebody's there in a dad capacity, I don't want to go, hey, let me get an interview uh, and write something. But. Uh, but he was, he was not, his kid is a wide receiver and he was watching the lineman drills and coaching these random, you know, Johnny's playing defensive line. It was interesting to see. Did he speak to the camp or anything? No, one on one, I think. He's just you know, sitting over there taking selfies with high school kids. Well, good for him. I always like to have some uh, celebs out at the camp. So I'm happy he was there. So listen, uh, tweet of the week. This is the runner up from Kayla Coleman, who uh, is a VCU alumna. Uh, HTSPR13 with an elephant emoji. <laughs> she says, my aunt is having a surprise birthday party today and I can't wait. I'm sick as hell, but I love surprises with the hugging emoji. At which point, Coach Parker, who is who got this in my timeline, a defensive analyst at Texas A&M, replies, okay, but what if she has Twitter and you just ruin the surprise? <laughs> which made me laugh. At which point, Kayla responds and says, she's not a Twitter user, honey. LOL. Only Facebook. Got to know your audience. So uh, she clapped back on Coach Parker. So sorry, Coach. Coach CP. But the actual tweet of the week comes from Lavelle Mouton, who uh, is the head coach at NC Central University, the basketball coach. I don't know how this, this tweet got in my timeline. And Lavelle says, a coach emailed me looking to join my staff. I looked at his Twitter and he says, LeBron is overrated. If you think LBJ stinks, who you go recruit? I saw that one. 
<laughs> that's the tweet of the week. Yeah, that's dude. a good one. That tweet is fire. That's a fire tweet, Coach. You got twenty two thousand retweets and seven thousand likes. Uh, and we love LeBron on this podcast, don't we? Yeah, we're definitely Team LeBron over here. You know, my friend Jeff Hartzler had been calling for months. He, I think he said back in February, "Oh, the Raptors are going to knock out the the Cavs. Just wait and watch." And of course, you know, I tried to get him to bet a hundred dollars on it, which he wouldn't do. He bet me five dollars. Hey, no talking about gambling on this podcast. <laughs> I don't want to get reprimanded again. Please. This was a, this was a friendly wager, and guess what? I won. So uh, we're rooting for LeBron hard to get to the, back to the final. I told my uh, another one of my friends when it was Game Seven of Indiana. I said, just imagine if they would have lost, and we'd be watching Indiana against Toronto in the second round. How how miserable would our lives be? Uh, I tell you, I'd, I'd be watching Tampa Bay and the Washington Capitals instead. Oh boy, yeah, what a riveting matchup of uh, traditional Wait, hockey power. Sure beats sure beats Indiana and Toronto. Uh, it's slightly better thanks to Ovechkin, but I could give or take the old Tampa Bay Lightning. Get out of here. At least they By got the a way, fan base. Speaking of which, I believe the Florida Everblades, uh, my former coverage home, as uh, plenty of people would remind you that I was a hockey writer for a short period of time. They're still in the, the UCHL playoffs, making a run at the Kelly Cup. What do you think about that, Rob? I, you went full robot on me there. I barely heard anything you said. <laughs> might as well. I might as well have conservative was talking about minor league hockey. <laughs> That's where we are in the college football season. It's, you know, it's minor league <laughs> hockey talk here. We can move into rodeo, which I have covered. In the past, oh, believe me, I've covered rodeo. The the Vanderbilt site used to love to get on me about my ex get Here's the thing about rodeo. So, I used to cover, uh, I believe it was the Osceola County Rodeo there in Kissimmee, Florida, and they've got a. They actually have an arena that's a, such that's meant for rodeo. It's right there by where the Astros play. Uh, okay, I don't know if the Astros, if they play there anymore. Actually, I can't say if they still. All those teams are moving to Arizona and whatnot. So uh, anyway. And the media meal was a potluck of like, made by like <laughs> of it was. made by like the wives and girlfriends and organizers of you know the cowboys, and it was great. I remember one time I had an intern with me, my friend Steve Johnson. Uh, big shout to him. I think he's on Twitter. Uh, he has some type of media think tank. He's much smarter than me. Um, Steve Boundless. Boundless is the name of his company, and. Uh, yeah, amazing. I took Steve there. He was like 19 at the time and really opened his eyes to potluck media meals. So my, rodeo, my rodeo experience, my first job at a college was at a small newspaper in the panhandle of Oklahoma, uh, actually kind of in the armpit where the panhandle meets the the uh, the main part. <laughs> One of my first assignments was go cover this rodeo. And you can imagine what I knew about rodeo. I had no idea what to do. Nobody gave me any how do you cover a sport you don't know? You know, I found the guy in a camo hat with the biggest chaw in his mouth and just sat down next to him in the stands and asked him to kind of help me understand what was happening. But he did a good job. He's a nice guy. So anytime I covered a sport like that, and I think, uh, well, I'm just giving big shots left and right. Kyle Hightower, who works for the AP now, I think he's up in Boston covering like the Celtics and the Patriots. He He once famously told me, just he said nobody cares about like you know the X's and O's of the sport you're covering. He said most people just want to people want to know about people. So when you go cover the rodeo, just make it about a person. All you got to do is find one good story. 
you write about them and then you toss the results in. Yeah, there. absolutely. Uh, and that's how I approach it too. But you still have to know the name of the event, right? Like you can't be like in that thing <laughs> where they were tying up little little horses. Like I So that's what the guy with the shaw was helping me with. Like, what are they doing they right now? They weren't <laughs> Tie. They were they weren't tied they up were calf roping. I know that now. Yeah. But when I walked in there, I would have thought, "What is that? A miniature horse? Like, what are we doing well, here?" Well, I, as a former rodeo competitor myself, I guess I had an edge uh, on you there from growing up in Oregon. Where my dad. So you want to talk about rodeo privilege? Yeah, yeah. We we had we had a no car garage, but best believe my dad was putting me on that calf, putting my hand under the rope, and letting it ride. Um, so anyway, boy, that's. <laughs> Talk about things I don't want to think about. <laughs> Not fun. This thing, man, it's over. All right. So we one last thing. Uh, the King TD, who's one of our big fans, uh, at TDun757, gave us a shout-out, or gave me and Nick a shout-out from last week's episode, because last week we talked Kanye West, J. Cole, Wizard of Oz, and he says, the reason I've been a paying subscriber for over 100 months, keep up the work, the good work, fellas, hashtag rivals for life. So, And he's a Mets fan also. Right? I know, so, I know. I've noticed in his picture, which makes me very, very happy. Yeah, so big shout to him. That is I am these days. Yeah, boy. I, I, remember remember when you were talking about how, how great the season was going to go? I remember seeing well, When you Twitter. start 14 and 1. There's a reasonable expectation that hey, this might be a pretty good year. But then you remember that you're the New York Mets, and that uh, you know everything goes to hell in a handbasket in a heartbeat. All right, now it's time for rants and recommendations. We'll make this quick. This is a lightning fast episode so far. So this weekend, I went down to lovely Destin, Florida. Underrated. Some people call it the Redneck Riviera. I don't know, Rob, if you, you flew in there. You yeah. flew into Fort Walton Beach. That, no, what was the place that I – that was Pensacola that I texted you and said this is a way cooler city than I thought it was. Yeah. The, 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 what I mean, the white sand beaches and the, the cool colored water, you can't really beat it. I mean, dolphins, the water's clear also. Uh, Gulf of Mexico, highly underrated, I would say. Um, so I had a great time, you know, chilling on the beach, enjoying the sand. This was a very, you know – very classy wedding, <laughs> uh, multicultural. We had all types. We had we had guests flying in from Japan, and the couple was from Singapore. So I mean, you can imagine, you know, all types of things that was going on there. But Rob, as I've noticed this trend lately at weddings, and we've seen this out and about. We've seen it. You've seen it at the beaches. We've seen it everywhere. People buying food just to pose with it in pictures and then discard it. <laughs> yep. Honestly. And I had a great time at the wedding. So probably the people who are listening to this will never know anyway. Uh, they, or they'll never listen because nobody listens to this show. It's just like the whole thing was a setup. It's like I was a, it's like I was an extra, you know, and some to, all for photos and videos. I mean, the amount of media being produced out of there. I mean, it was more than a rival's camp did, in terms did of- Did I tell the story on the podcast or off the podcast about the college-age girls in bikinis that were posing with a slice of pizza at the beach down here in Florida and then threw it away? They posed with it like they were eating it for Instagram. They passed the slice of pizza back and forth uh, and then tossed it in the trash can. I watched them in awe. I thought about digging through the trash can to eat the slice of pizza. Yeah, I mean- that's insane, isn't it? It was, man. I, boy, wasting pizza is something that puts you on my bad side. Right, because it's like it's like it's like what is going on? Like you know. So anyway, I just felt like there was so much emphasis on the photos that we were missing out 
we were missing out on a lot of the actual the fun times. Did they throw the food away though? I don't mind photographing your food. I actually like seeing people's food, like in restaurants when people post Snapchats of whatever meal there is. I enjoy that. My problem comes in is when you're posing with the food and then you just trash the food. You don't eat it. They were they were not <laughs> they were not posing with the food. I'm talking about we're like you know these women from Japan were there. They got up to sing some traditional song. And I couldn't even see them because the lighting kid and the camera crew was in the way, you know? Ah, okay. I thought we were having another pizza pose thing. No, no. I'm just saying it was like everything was like, okay, we need to – everything was – it was, you know, in my opinion, you, you know, it, you don't want to notice the photographer and the videographer, right? No, I agree. wedding. So, I mean, I mean, this happened – this has been happening more and more. This is not an isolated incident. We had a – you know, once the camera person was standing in front of the couple and it's like all the people in the crowd couldn't even see. So I, I think we need to be more cognizant of this. It's not a reality TV show or it's not the Hills. Or yeah, CS there's a happy keep. balance though. I mean, these people want to remember this for the rest of their life. So it's it's important to them to get some of these these pictures, I guess. Yeah, to get some. I mean, I'm telling you, <laughs> Rob, you could produce a, a full fil- uh, full feature film based on the amount of foot. I mean, we got drones flying around. We got – I mean, it was really an elaborate setup. Yeah, I was told that those drones were a safety issue by a camp operator once. Yeah. <laughs> Guess what? I, I hate them. The, the noise they make is so annoying. It's like, you know, it's, it's, it's a wedding here. I don't need to – 10 feet over my head, you know? Uh, get out of here. So – that was a problem. One last quick problem, and I and I don't know what you feel about this. Call me old fashioned, and I I will actually be officiating a wedding next year as I've been asked to do it. I I say leave it to the professionals, Rob. We don't need friends because do you know how hard it is to get up and perform. Well, wait, 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 wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! You implying that you're a professional wedding officiant? No, I'm not qualified. Oh, okay. I'm but I, you know, what am I going to say? No. What do you say when someone asks you that? So do you get online and get one of those things that like, or is that all BS? Well, I mean, we can do the it. thing is that's all a song and dance. The bottom line is you can get, I'm talking about, you know, we're not talking about processing the paperwork. I'm talking about getting up there in front of the people and, you know, holding the crowd, talking about love, et cetera. It's not easy. And, and, and now every wedding I go to, it's like, oh yeah, my friend Steve is going to do the wedding. It's like, oh, is he a, a preacher? Nah, we just think he's funny. Yeah, but I mean, if you're not religious, why do you got to have a preacher? Why can't you? Have, you don't have. To why have can't a you get a stand-up just, comedian? Just well, get yeah, get a professional stand-up comedian, not you know some jabroni off the street that you know made you laugh a couple times. <laughs> the amount of times I sit there, I mean, you know, we had we we had a line in this this I mean this this, this woman who did it this weekend was like yeah. Kind of like death and taxes. <laughs> and oh, I was boy, like, that's a tough one. Right, but, you know, I, and like, I don't want to inflate your ego here because God forbid, but you are pretty good at that kind of thing. I can understand why somebody would ask you to do that. Right. Now, I do have a track record of speaking publicly, being a public address announcer, doing radio play-by-play, hosting this podcast with you. So it's not like, okay, so whatever. I can do it. Now, would I prefer to be the best man and give the speech there? Much much more. I'm much more of a best man speech guy. Oh, by the way, the best man did not give a speech at this wedding this weekend, which I was perplexed about. But I just feel like, you know, and, and my, when my friend Zach got married, uh, <laughs> Trip, who definitely would have been someone in Rob's fraternity for sure with the name of he Talk about having three-car garage. Uh, I think <laughs> I think Trip falls into that category. He did a great job. 
but he was he was really funny. He actually got the old uh, collar like a like a priest, you know. Uh-huh. He got that and really hammed it up, and it was funny. And there were only about twenty people there. It's just tough. I mean, I'm 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 a, I'm sweating it a little bit, given this uh, you know next year when I have to do this thing. Maybe we'll get some video of it. I, sure. I was at a wedding once where the best man showed up with a giant mohawk, and then the best man speech was like this playing card metaphor that was about them boning. It was like, it was the most uncomfortable thing. I was on the bride side, and this guy gets up there and is like, it, it's this like. Eight minute long playing card metaphor that started with she's going to let you play with the good cards tonight, buddy. So you better make sure you're in there with a the full house. And I, my jaw just dropped. And I, I can imagine what the wife's or the bride's dad was thinking during all this. It yeah, was, it was one of the most uncomfortable moments of my life. The way I approach best man speeches, which surprisingly, despite having no friends, I have given quite a few speeches in my day. Uh, I go in. You make fun of your friend, the guy, right? Mm-hmm. And you talk about how, you know, he's he's essentially not deserving of the love of the female in the equation. Then you tie it all in together. You say a few jokes. You say mostly sweet stuff and you're out of there. You know what I mean? Like, it's I've never prepared ahead of time. I just talked. So, like, th- that's another problem is people get up there and they want to read verbatim. Like, you know, guess what? When you did a speech in speech class in middle school or in high school, what did they tell you to write on your note cards? Bullet points, mm-hmm. right? Not full. And that's the problem. People get up there and build up like this thing. Just just get up there and talk. This is your best friend. If this is your best friend, if like, you know, say God, God forbid, as my mom would say, Rob, you die tomorrow and I have to go to your funeral and talk. I'm just going to talk. I'm not going to write. I'm not going to have a fully written out speech with alleged jokes working. <laughs> yeah, I don't think your alleged jokes are going to work at a funeral. Oh, I would kill at the funeral, please. I'd be having, I'd be getting all types of laughs. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, uh, you know, as I said, God forbid you die. Um, oh, you know what we can recommend? How about Jersey Shore? This is it. Let's wrap it <laughs> Just telling people at the camp about this. <laughs> because this past week on Jersey Shore, we had a seven-on-seven seven cameo. Two of it them. It was a show. Yes. Two, it was a showstopper. As uh, our boy Dennis, I don't know how to how do you pronounce Dennis's last Mariquan. name? Mariquan. Longtime head coach of the Florida Fire, f- former coach of uh of Shop and, State Shop and Yacht Catholic, yes. Shop and Yacht Catholic. They walk, you know, uh Vinny needed to get his haircut fixed. They walk into a barbershop, and who do we see but Dennis working behind the counter? In a battle sweatshirt. Wearing a battle sweatshirt, at which point they bring him over to the barber who's going to fix his hair. And who is it? But what's his, what is his coach name? Coach Yule, the wide receivers coach of the Fortifier. Yeah, I think his name is – is his name Yule? It's uh, – no. I could just call him Coach Yo. I don't think his name is Yule. I don't know what his full name is because he always just goes by Yo. Well, anyway. It's Yo Garcia. Yeah, so Yo Garcia is his name. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so anyway. Well, whatever his name is. He's annoying. Uh, <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> he knows he's annoying. He's been kicked out of camps before. Right? That's, That's confirmed. A, that is confirmed. Uh, and he's on there. Guess what? He fixes Vinny's hair. He's the hero of the episode. Big shout to the Florida Fire. Look, I'll say this for our annoying wide receivers coach. He does have good hair. His hair is always right. I would have never guessed he was a barber. Uh, so, But it doesn't surprise me that he's a talented barber. He said he'd been doing it for 10 years. Now, his, you want to talk about his, his haircut is always on point with all types of 
waste cool stuff that we could never do with our hair, right? Yeah, no doubt about it. Especially with my big old melon head. Uh, by the way, are you, is your hair still long? What's going on? It's, yeah, it's like it's getting there, man. It's over my ears now. <laughs> I'm just going to let it go. Let's see where this to, takes me. Have you started slicking it back like Tom Lugan? No, because I always wear a hat. Now, I do have a wedding coming up in July in Philadelphia where I'm going to have to make a, a decision on either cutting this thing or going full Tom Luganville. I'll let you know which way that goes. Please do a Luganville for me. I would, you have the hairline. You have to have a good hairline. You do have a good hairline to pull off a Luganville. You don't have like a big widow's peak or anything. No, but my problem is that my hair is a little bit too thick, so it, it gives the appearance of being frizzy. But I've never had it this long. And by the time this wedding might roll around, it may even be longer than Luganville's. So I may have to go no, full like just Pantera a guitarist. No, you just put a little product in it like Pat Riley, man. That's how that's how the good, the good guys do it. All right. I'm going to give it a run. It's going to look so funny. I cannot wait to see a picture of it. <laughs> Please. I can't wait to be standing with you out in a field in Bradenton, Florida, and the heat index is 125 degrees, and you have some long, shaggy dog haircut. We we may – if it looks as funny as I think it might, we, we can put it on the Commitment Issues Twitter. <laughs> yeah, we've been, we did it. We've been meaning to launch a Facebook group, which I started and never announced. So uh, stick with us as we, as we try to work on that. Yeah, we should forward. launch some kind of community, shouldn't we? Yeah, I mean, I, I've been wanting to do it on Facebook. I know you don't like Facebook and mining your data and whatnot, but uh, that would seem like the the most reasonable way to do it. As, as a lot of people uh, would like that, so we're going to try to get on it. The the group is created. I'll try to start advertising more and get it uh, get it going to where we can post photos and videos of things uh, that we talk about here on the show and, and in our articles as well. So that wraps it up. We're without. Cr- oh wait, 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 wait. Last thing before we wrap it up. Guess what, Rob? Ding, ding, ding. We finally got two new reviews. Uh, we are up to seventy-seven. So big shout. Actually, we got two ratings. One review. This one from South three nine six nine, who said, "I enjoy your movies reviews and insight on the college recruiting." <laughs> so, <laughs> a very generic review, but guess what? Like it counts on the scoreboard, nonetheless. You know, we'll a, a dunk it. counts as much as, as a layup. We only need twenty three more to hit our goal of one hundred. Uh, that is the goal for two thousand and 18 so please leave us a review you know maybe we should do another contest rob uh, you got any more junk you're trying to give away i mean i got all kinds of crap in the office uh i think somewhere in the depths of my office is a todd reesing japanese nesting doll which i'll have to dig up uh let's do a contest i'll, I'll dig through the office crap uh, and see what stuff they used to send out to me when i used to have votes and things and i'll see you, what we can give away you know what i gave away that i wish i had to give away right now was uh so somebody at some point maybe two years ago sent me a giant speaker, a Bluetooth speaker for your desk that was full helmet sized and it was an Alabama speaker, right? Okay. It would look like an Alabama helmet, except it was a Bluetooth speaker. And then they continued continually badgered me about not writing about it. And I was like, I don't want this. Do you want it back? <laughs> like, you sent this to me. What am I supposed to? They're like, oh, you're supposed to write about it on Rivals. And I was like, what am I supposed to write? They're like a product review. And I was like, have you looked at the website? You know, so. We're not taking a break from our football coverage to review this speaker. I told them, I said, I don't want it. I'll send it back to you. And the, it was a PR person. They're like, well, we don't want it. So I, gave it. so I gave it away to friend of the show, Amanda, who's a notorious. Uh, uh, Porter? No, she's an Alabama fan. Oh, okay. So uh, I, I do have to give away. We can give right. away a, uh, I have that a brand new, still in the plastic, never took it out, cotton bowl 
suit bag that was a gift at Big 12 Media Day years ago that I never used. Uh, and it just kind of sits in the closet. It's nice. It's like a high quality like travel bag for if you're trying to like carry a suit to a different city. Uh, and it's got the Cotton Bowl logo on it. All right. So that's the prize. So uh, the best review that comes in over the next uh, period TBD, you will be the recipient of that bag. And I remember when Rob gave away the clock, uh, he actually did give it away to someone. No, the guy loved the clock. Yeah, he sent me a message and everything. It was uh, it was displayed in his home. Right. So trust me, based on the listening numbers, you have a great chance of winning this prize. <laughs> <laughs> I would say Especially the odds this, are in- this time of year, yeah. The odds are in your favor. If that best man was given a speech about, you know, getting lucky with two queens or whatever, uh, this would be the show. Oh, that guy is dead, by the way, as an aside. So he he later died. May he rest in peace. (laughs) Be smudge his name. Uh, So anyway, that wraps it up. Also, if you need any gardening tips, guess what? Rob, I got my gardening Instagram. uh, (laughs) (laughs) I knew you were going to plug that. Follow my gardening Instagram, Woody's Garden ATL. Guess what? We have I have upwards of eighty followers now, uh, and there is all types of tips and and tricks about my garden, which is I I cannot tell you how many acorn squash plants I have, Rob. I have I've, I've given them away left and right. We got to end this podcast. <laughs> all right. Oh, hey, big shout, M Deuce. It was his birthday this week. M Deuce, thirty five years old. Wow. He is old, and, and he was featured in this week's uh, Twitter Tuesday column about pizza. Be sure to check that out. I wish I would have you know, your opinion on those questions. But anyway, that's it. We're at 48 minutes. We're wrapping it up. We'll be back uh, with another episode next week. 